Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I have two very special guests with me. I have Ginger Marvin. So Chris and Kathy are here. They are going to sit down and chat with me today. I'm very excited to have them here with me. I've been a big fan of you guys for a while. I formally got to meet you in Becky Park's YouTube class, which was like meeting a celebrity because I was like a baby YouTuber. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, I was like, oh, wow, they have a lot of people that subscribe to their channel, you know, like, and that's always a big deal. Um, (laughs) But I've been following your journey and I just love learning from you guys because we resell two totally different things. And I think that's like the best part about this community (laughs) is just being able to learn from one another. And you guys definitely teach me a lot with the men's brands and the outdoor wear. I have no idea. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, but before we get into all the reselling minutia of it all, I want you guys to just tell us who you are, how you got into reselling. What did your life look like before reselling? Let the people know, because some people might not know you guys. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> who goes first? Um, Kathy, you're going to go first. Let's see. Uh, so before reselling, is that what we said? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, and then how before... you got into it. Yeah. It's, I feel like I tell it slightly different every time just because I kind of forget, That's honestly. Fine. But No one's um, going to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got into reselling because um, once we had our first son seven, eight years ago, uh, just realized it wasn't going to work out to like have a full-time job and be with them or, yeah. you know, childcare is really expensive and stuff like that. So it just wasn't worth it to try to do that either. Um, so Anyways, uh, I think we just decided um, that I was going to work from home one way or another. And but as far as reselling it, we just kind of fell into it. I think Um, it's not like I quit my job to go resell. Um, Yeah. We just kind of started off randomly selling things we found at garage sales. We didn't even know reselling necessarily was a thing. We didn't know about like Instagram reselling community, YouTube, nothing like that. Um, There's kind of a a few different things that kind of got us started I don't know if there's like one yeah exact <laughs> point yeah. of work you know but because you know Kathy would try to buy uh, our boy our one kid at the time <laughs> we have two yeah. now but uh she would buy him nice clothes and she'd she'd buy him secondhand <laughs> at like once upon a child or we'd do this thing called JBF or like just between friends which is a children's consignment extravaganza I guess <laughs> Um, so it's like reselling but in person where you just tag your items and yeah stuff like and that. she was seeing that yeah. you know like okay this I've seen this brand is worth something but it's a dress or like a girl's item and we don't have yeah. girls so maybe I could sell it for money right and, and mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah one of the <laughs> I guess light bulb moments and then we that was still way before we even knew reselling was really a thing I was selling on Kitizen only uh, which I feel like most people haven't even heard of still yeah mainly a kids app but they do accept women's and just like anything having to do with kids so it doesn't have to just be clothes or shoes but like toys and stuff too uh yeah so I was only selling on that at the time and how long ago was that that you started selling on there I must say like 2016, probably. Oh, so. I didn't even realize it was around that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because right when I started Kid is in, there was two kids apps that it was that one. And then I think Tot Spot or Tot Swap, one of those two things. Um, but Poshmark bought out the Tot whatever one it was called. Oh, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And so at that time, I didn't, I wasn't going to do Poshmark. I wasn't even doing Poshmark yet. Um, so I went with Kidizen because I was specifically doing kids stuff. Mm-hmm. And at first I didn't make a sale for like three weeks. I almost quit. <laughs> um, I just put out like an SOS, <laughs> like a little note on Kidizen. There's a place where you can just like ask for help and stuff and just kind of asking for tips and tricks. And some people said, you know, you got to list items every day. You have to, mm-hmm. um, share your items, things like that. And once I started doing that, I started making sales. So, and then I started listing more and more and making more sales. And we all know how addicting reselling can be (laughs) once you start seeing money roll in. Yeah, absolutely. Because your story is basically how most, I feel like reselling stories start is I had no idea this was even a thing. Like I didn't realize people did this. I used to sell my college books. I used to sell my handbags, but like that was like Craigslist days. And I didn't, and eBay, yeah. but when eBay was like checks and stuff, like I didn't realize right. that there was this entire community doing this, never mind an Instagram community that would share all of their knowledge in a YouTube community. I mean, that was like mind boggling to me that people got paid to do all this kind of stuff. Yep. But it's such a similar story that I think so many of our listeners resonate with where, you know, there's a lot of listeners that we have that are stay-at-home moms and they have a very similar story to you, Kathy. And it's like, I needed to do something for myself, but I wanted to be home with my babies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a and very, I, very I, common theme. My full-time job didn't, it wasn't paying like anything amazing. So right. it wasn't that hard to replace even. And once I had the, our son, um, I went down to like two to three days a week at work anyway. So it was pretty an easy income to replace at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, when, so do you still work outside the home, Chris, or are you full-time with Kathy no. now? Yeah, this is, this is us. This is all we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. Or I was, um, at one point I was working at a school district, but I think when we had our kid, our first kid, um, I'll probably six months after I kind of left working for somebody else and started working for myself, woodworking, custom furniture yeah. stuff out of the garage and did okay. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but I was able to replace my income and also be home so that, you know, if we needed <laughs> just anything, I, yeah. I was here to, to do whatever right. we do. Um, and then Kathy's hobby of reselling kind of grew and grew. And then she, at some point got started on uh, Instagram. I think I had mentioned at one <laughs> point that there was YouTube channels talking about this yeah. kind of stuff. So once he told me about YouTube, like I never watch YouTube or anything at all. Yeah. Like I was like, why would I watch YouTube when I have Netflix? <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> so we found, I think Jenna Empty Hanger was maybe the first person we saw. She was my about. first one too. <laughs> maybe then Rally Roots or something. Yeah. Just like Kevin, Commonwealth, Lonnie, Shed Flips, like just a few, you know, mm-hmm. they're playing all after yeah. each other and we'd watch them all. And that's when I was like, okay, let me start Poshmark. Um, and then that started working well. I made a sale on Posh within the first day of listing because um, I was already pretty good at lit, like knowing what to buy and sell. Right. Just some kid is in at that point. My first sale was a kid's dress mm-hmm. um, on Poshmark. So yeah, the YouTube, I think is kind of what started and that this is still years before we started YouTube on mm-hmm. our own. Um, mm-hmm. I just think I heard about the Instagram community through one of these YouTubers talking about it. And mm-hmm. I didn't even create a new Instagram. I just used my normal personal account and started posting like package pics and stuff mm-hmm. and grew it from there. So do you still use your personal account for that or have yeah, you changed never, it? Oh, wow. <laughs> went back. So like when I, I mean, 
I think I only had like 300 followers that yeah. were my personal friends and family at the yeah. time. And none of them ever like my posts anymore. So yes. I don't know. If they don't <laughs> like, they're just they like, uh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Why are you posting this? I don't get it. That's <laughs> true. I created a whole, totally separate one because I like, I want it to be separate, I guess. Like, I don't want people from high school to know what I'm necessarily doing. I don't know. I like, but now I feel like the worlds are kind of meshing together because oddly enough, people that I went to high school with are finding me on my business page now and they found my YouTube and they'll send me messages like, Hey, I had no idea that you did this thing. And I'm like, Oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter that I have a business page now because everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I, I know you guys predominantly sell on eBay. Yes. That's kind of like your no, main no. moneymaker. Yeah, mostly just because that's one giving us the most sales. We do have the same items cross-posted to pretty much all platforms, which mm-hmm. is eBay, Posh, Mercari, Kitizen. Some I've kind of stopped Facebook Marketplace. I still have items listed. I haven't put new items for like a month or two now. So mm-hmm. um, I just don't like their customer service. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you say like that that transition? So when you went from Kitizen to Poshmark. Did eBay just kind of follow suit with that? Or was it like a little bit of a learning curve? Like I like the ease of Poshmark. And then Poshmark is my favorite as far as mm-hmm. how easy it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, eBay actually came because of list because perfectly. Of list perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when you've got. Um, Cause I always a program or whatever yeah. they called it. I thought it was too intimidating eBay. There's all these yeah. like things you have to fill in yeah. like extra item specifics, which now I realize you don't have to fill them all in. There's only a few you have to correct. Yeah. <laughs> but back then I was like, not even interested in thinking mm-hmm. or learning about it. Once we got this perfectly, I'm like, well, my items are already all here. Let me just try it. Mm-hmm. And when I tried it, I started making a lot of sales right away. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I guess we'll keep posting. And it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I um, items over there. So yeah, I think the the intimidation of eBay exists within everyone who's a reseller, right? Like whatever platform you fall first into is like your baby and and you love it and you bait and you like, you know, you watch it grow and you want it to keep growing. And then when you have to get into a beast like eBay, it's like, okay, I know that it can generate a lot of sales for me. I know that it can take me to that next step, but it is just so intimidating. And I feel like um there's a lot of unknowns with eBay and you have to really take the time to like dive in and understand. It's really not that complicated. It's actually, it's working for you, not against you. And I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that can be really hard as a reseller to kind of transition, I, especially from Poshmark. Yeah. The shipping I think is what throws people off, but thankfully doing Kitizen first, I already knew how to ship on my own. Like I knew about first class priority, mm-hmm. you know, posh people are like, oh, it's five pounds. I could ship whatever I want. And that's way different than like any other pretty much platform. So I know I was actually recently um, recording another episode with an individual who sells on Etsy and they were talking about the shipping and how crazy it is on Etsy because it's the same type of model. I mean, it depends on what the item weighs and where it's going. And that's just kind of what it is. And, you know, it's just a different world. And Poshmark has just been great with their shipping. Even when they increase it, it's not that bad. Like 30 cents. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not that bad. Um, Okay. So I want to go back to like you two doing this together. How, well, first of all, it's great. I think it's wonderful that you two do it together. 
how do you how did you find the commonalities to like join forces and like did one person focus on one thing another person focus on another one like how did how did that whole structure kind of lay out and get you to where you are today where you have a system mm-hmm. um, very hard at first <laughs> yeah i can imagine because i'm thinking like me and my husband and i'm like ah. well in the very beginning like i was trying to get my business going better and you know, she, her business was, was doing better and better. And so we're, we're constantly fighting for time to do our business. Cause we have little kid, ones yeah. and, kid. Yep. and, you know, like I can't run a power tool with, you know, ear protection, eye protection on and, and, and watch a three-year-old. Right. right. So like, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but then I and then get she can't go to a thrift yeah. store for <laughs> six hours with if a all I do is watch the kids. So then I would get frustrated. So we're just getting frustrated back and forth. Yeah. And then he decides to at some point uh, because I, I mentioned earlier that I, I work at a school district doing maintenance, but I also did inventory, and that's kind of I saw how I could help out her business first off with like or ordinary organizing the inventory and right. creating a better system, a better flow. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of just said that, well, it woodworking, I have all my tools. They're all paid off. They're in the garage. They're not going to go anywhere. So if, if I need to go help her with this for a little bit, it'll still be here. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, decided while, it, while her business was growing more and more than mine, <laughs> because <laughs> it's just know, easier. I mean, yeah. reselling, you list more items, you make more sales. Right. And Here's she's got the like... whole world to sell to. And I've got Colorado Springs. Yeah. Like as a so, woodworker, right. one person, you know, yeah. if he gets a custom order, that one order could take him the whole month, you know? Right. You know? And unless um, you're lugging everything to like a trade show or something, I mean, there's, right. it's all word of mouth and you could have a website, but it's very different. It's a totally different world. Totally different. And so, once... so yeah, I decided to pour my efforts into getting re- inventory organized and that really helped um, her yeah. to list more and yeah, just kind of just more time. Well, at first you kind of were like, we were thinking he would, he doesn't really do the reselling part with me. Yeah, now, even to honestly. this day, like no, I'm not um, really a reseller. I'm getting a little more into it. Like yeah. having little collectible things here and there, but I, I don't really like selling clothes. <laughs> but at first we were thinking, you know, he'll be the, he'll take the photos and then I'll list mm. or he'll, I don't know, do one thing of the business, but right. To take away from, (laughs) right. So you don't have to do it, right. Have him do it. And he always wanted to do YouTube. So then I, I mean, it was a while, but yeah, Kathy had actually grown her Instagram by herself to 10,000 before we even started. Kathy. That's by posting package pics. Like I still don't understand it. Like it's so weird. That's Um, awesome. that's, That's why like, okay. When I posted on my personal account, I never, knew that like I'm posting to get followers I don't even know why I was doing it honestly <laughs> it's a weird thing about um Man, well you were proud of it I was proud of like what yeah. I was doing yeah. yeah I don't know anyways yeah. so yeah it was it was just crazy when I started getting all these followers and then like 
just like the potential of just like I guess social media followings anywhere honestly mm-hmm. and so, being able to monetize it on something that you love doing networking and everything <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know I knew nobody when I made that first package pick and now we have all these you know yeah. Instagram friends YouTube all around friends, the world so. like, yeah it's crazy I mean you have almost 23,000 followers on yeah. Instagram <laughs> you're almost at 20,000 subscribers on YouTube I mean you guys are doing something right last time we were on a road trip we're like if we break down here i bet somebody could help us <laughs> within some sort of you know Someone's 25 miles, or miles now. Of us, yeah. no? absolutely they'd be there and you know the the reselling community is just by nature i feel like a very helpful community either way so yeah. it's like yeah anywhere you can look on this everybody's just sharing their all their information and knowledge and for free pretty yeah. much for the most part yeah it's true. And, you know, I think that's the best part about our community that other communities may not necessarily have is, yes, I guess in theory, we're competing against each other, but we all sell different things and we all do things differently and we all just want to help each other. At the end of the day, that's what it's really about. We like to share our knowledge and what we've learned and what we're finding and what's selling for us so that maybe it'll help someone else out there that's brand new, that's just getting started or maybe need something to re-energize them and motivate them to take those next steps or whatever it is. You know, I just, that's the beauty of our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that about it. Um, So I think that's interesting, Chris, that you've kind of taken over the inventory part of it because I hate the inventory part of it. That is like my pain point. I do it because I have to do it and it creates organization within my business, Mm -hmm. but I can't stand it. And I, I'm like the beautiful wall behind you of inventory and the shoes stacked on top and all the letters. Like that's just picture perfect right there. Day to day though. It's not that fun, like bagging your items yeah. and putting them in there, but it is nice when you go to ship and they're right where they're supposed to be. Yeah. So, Yeah. And yep. I think that's something that I didn't, and maybe you can speak to this too. But like when I first started, I didn't really have an organizational system of any sort when it came to shipping it was like, everything's in a tote and I, I throw everything out tote. and I find it. And I don't find it. And then I yes. like keep digging. I'm like, there's only 50 things in here. How am I not finding it? And then yes. I find it the third time I look through there. Yeah. Yes. And 15 minutes later to make a $5 profit. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if I could give anyone a piece of advice, I'm sure you would say the same. It's like, that's one of the first things yeah. as a reseller that you really need to set up is the systems of inventorying everything. Um, you know, finding the stuff is the, the easy part. The shopping's easy. And learning brands is fairly easy. It's the maintaining the systems in the back. And I think by being a couple that does this together, you you balance that out, right? Like Chris can take over any of those tasks while you can focus on the pictures and the selling and all that part of it, because that's what you enjoy, Kathy. I think that's great to be able to work together. I try to list about a hundred items a week and there's no way I could do that if we didn't have the inventory the way we do. Like there's no way I could do my, because I, also ship every day. So I would not yeah. be able to find my shipping, get my new items listed and keep, mm-hmm. you know, a flow, a constant flow. Yeah. So. And, I, and I definitely didn't understand that when I first started. And I, so we recently moved into this house, uh, it'll be a year in September. And we were in a small one bedroom apartment before that, when I started reselling and I had gotten to the point where I didn't even want to resell anymore because I like, it was so stressful for me to have to find items and dump everything out. Like I couldn't have a real system the way that I wanted to. So when we came here, that was my goal was I need to create something for myself to 
organized and and feel like I'm like I'm doing the right thing because it's hard. You know, I, I this is my baby, <laughs> you know, like this is my thing. And um, in order to keep growing and doing well, you have to have those important things put in place. So, yeah, it's a hard lesson to learn as a reseller. I know we always get questions like, how do you list so much every day? How do you, you know, always have all these items to ship? And literally the inventory is the only reason we can do all that. All the systems that you need to put in place. I mean, yes, sourcing the amount of items that you need obviously plays into it, but there's things that happen after you source. You need to make sure those are in place. Um, There's something that you guys do or did. um, I think you still do them daily. You do your daily videos where you share your sales. You guys still do that? We kind of pause it, at least for the summer, just because the kids are home now. Yeah, Um, It's really hard to be like, right now we they're playing in their room <laughs> so <laughs> it's just hard to be like can you guys just try to keep it down our house is fairly small so you would yeah. hear them if they were playing loudly right now mm-hmm. um yeah so we just don't want to have to tell them that every single day yeah. of course uh, stuff like that so right now we're just trying to do either i mean we haven't actually put up a video yeah. in like a week almost yeah. which is the longest for us because we've been doing five videos a week for like two years right now. It's like guaranteed I'm going to go into YouTube yeah. and Ginger Marvin's going to have a video uploaded and I'm going to watch it. I do want to say that I think something that you guys did that always um, interested me to watch your channel and, and, and interact with you guys in that manner was when you, when you do your daily sales videos, it really makes someone like me who kind of like looks at the analytical side of it all sit back and be like, okay, these people are able to do it. They're making daily sales. And I know that they're doing this full time, but look at the things that they're selling. Like, I just like the authenticity of that and like really seeing what a full-time seller is selling, like just the ins and outs of that, I think is just that transparency is so important within the community because just looking at sales and, oh, I sold all these things or look at my package picture, which are great. Like you, I'm not knocking any of that, but like that authenticity is so important to someone who's growing and learning. Yeah. yeah. It matters what's in the package picks. Right? Correct. That's Correct. That kind of what That's kind of how so. we started our YouTube. You know, people would be like, you know, you always get kind of rude comments sometimes like, well, what, how, how much profit is in your 20 sales? They're like, well, you can yeah. go check out our YouTube channel and see exactly what we sold yeah. at. You even exactly. Yeah. You can calculate the fees yourself in your head. Um, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> authenticity, I think is just super important, but that was like, that's how I first learned about you guys was from your, your daily videos that you do. And I don't know, to me, it's just motivating to see what other people are selling in different parts of the world. So you're in, you know, you're in Colorado, right? Yeah. And you guys source differently than what I source and you find different (laughs) things than I can find. I'm in new England. I find a lot of modern mid-tier luxury type things. I find a lot of LL Bean and all that other stuff as well. But like, I have a different, just different things that I can source here than what you guys do. And you guys are primarily bins, correct? Or are you mixing it up? Yeah, we do mix it up. Uh, This summer, we've kind of been like, since we're holding off on the what solds, I've Mm -hmm. been trying to like do a bins haul every week because that seems like a content that people have liked, like Mm -hmm. looking at which of our videos get the most interaction and stuff, bins hauls. Um, But yeah, we also do garage sales, uh, regular Goodwill shopping and 
I don't know. We haven't done flea market yet. I want to do flea market this summer, but mm-hmm. that would be fun. It's yeah, totally different. <laughs> you can find a deal. I also do retail arbitrage sometimes. So yeah, yeah a little bit of everything. I'm not a, well, there's a reason why I'm not a bins girl. One, the closest one's like two hours away. And yes, I could travel there, but that's like, I work during the day. So Mm -hmm. for me, it'd be a Saturday thing. I would have to wake up and I've done it. Wake up at, you know, 4 a.m., be on the road by five, get there when they open at seven, spend all day there and hope that I can get something and then troop it back because I'd have to drive to New Hampshire, Um, which is great. But then I also, like, I can't, I guess because I've niched myself so much, it's hard for me to find what I need going to the bins. I've mm-hmm. kind of like, I've, and we all do this as a reseller. You kind of learn where you fit in your little space of reselling. So for me, consignment stores, buy, sell, trade, going to a trip like a Savers or something like that. Like that's, that's my happy place. I, we don't have a lot of Goodwills around me unless I go into Boston. We only have one here in Rhode Island. Um, and it's not that great. <laughs> and then the rest of them are all in Boston, but I've got to drive into the city and that's, you know, all things I need to take into account. You guys have really found what works for you when it comes to selling and you still sell kids items. I know that's, you know, that's always been a part of your business, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but things that I've learned from you guys are a lot of like men's outdoor brands, things that I don't know, but things that I don't think I've ever really seen out here. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about how you kind of found the things that work for you in your business when it comes to selling? I think just like, I don't know. I feel like my brain like <laughs> remembers things really well. So <laughs> like if I sell a pair of men's prana shorts, they always sell within like a week. So when I see those the next time, I'm going to pick them up because I remember yeah. how they sold. So just by like kind of always remembering those little things like that, I'm kind of stopped picking up the stuff that takes forever. Like today, we stopped at a Goodwill um, when we were out and there's was a pair of, the brand is Hotter Comfort Concept. They're a pair of shoes. I've sold it many times. They sell usually around $30 plus shipping. The shoes are only $5, but they take a really, really, really long time to sell, right. probably six months to a year. So mm-hmm. while I probably could have made $20 off them six months from now, I went ahead and just left them this time just because I remember that they're taking a long time to sell. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm trying to, I do look at sell through a lot more these days. I think that helps a lot. If it's, if it's right around that hundred percent sell through on eBay, I will definitely grab it. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise it has to be really cheap or I just have to really like it for some reason. But yeah, I want my stuff to sell through in like 30 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Obviously if I go to the bins, it's a little different because everything's like a dollar. I usually find one item that pays for my whole cart full and then it's kind of all free inventory at that point. So yeah. Um, But yeah, if I'm like regular Goodwill shopping, I just am trying to look for high sell through. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're listening and you don't know what that means, just searching an item on eBay, you know, just search up Prana men's shorts. You can see at the top or the bottom of the page, it'll say 600 listed sort the sold. You'll see 700 sold. So that would tell you pick that item up. It's going to sell really fast. So that's a good tip, Kathy. Cause I think so many people get wrapped up in just brands and not yeah. really understanding that yeah, a brand may do well, but it's also specific categories or specific items yeah, or styles within a brand that really do well. A Prana women's t-shirt is not going to sell fast right. probably or for more than like $20, whereas the shorts for men sell for 35 sometimes a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely have to understand the difference. 
stuff. So yeah, that's where just looking up sell through. And then after you've sold the same thing so many times, you don't even have to keep looking it up. Um, yeah. Would yeah. you say you predominantly sell men's? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Right now it's getting close. I used to say shoes and I still love shoes, but the Goodwills are getting crazy expensive to wear. Like yeah. most are 13 to $15 a pair. I don't really want to pay that oh, wow. unless I'm going to sell for like 50 plus. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, once the Goodwills started kind of raising prices, I started looking in other sections. I, well, I like men's clothes. I don't like women's clothes. I feel like there's so many Nuances, listed yeah. and women's <laughs> bodies don't fit the same. Like a medium does not uh-huh. fit the same every time and I just feel like men don't you know they're like I'm a 2x <laughs> that is what it is right so, they also uh, don't ask as many questions as a buyer which is great yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I don't know men's clothes so fast we, being in Colorado we find a ton of the outdoorsy stuff like you mentioned and that stuff sounds great you know Patagonia cool prana I, I feel like, like brands so are always coming and going yeah yeah right like I mean two years ago we we didn't really know what a prana brand was like when we right. first started probably yeah. we didn't but somebody did <laughs> i feel like prana. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean also we're not trying to have a high sale price on every item so like i'll pick up a pair of men's swim that i pay five sell for 20 to 25 i'm okay mm-hmm. with a 12 to 15 dollar profit but that's because i find 10 pairs on the rack and yeah. i can list them all within like an hour so if we could find 30 patagonia fleeces a day and that's always sold we'd be happy right but you'd be golden yeah 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 but it just doesn't happen that way so yeah no it doesn't and you bring up the goodwills increasing their prices i've heard this happening across the board and in different goodwills so and i don't know how it is where you are but the one that i typically frequent in um, boston they have set prices for specific categories except shoes and handbags are the only oh and winter coats they price differently so shoes handbags winter coats they price differently um i can't say i agree with all their pricing but i have noticed that their pricing is better for me as a seller to buy Mm -hmm. things than me going to savers because savers is a free-for-all it's there's no set pricing when it comes to savers it's just whatever it's just priced the way that it is and then yeah. consignment stores kind of run the same way. So I wish that I had more Goodwills around me where I could kind of cherry pick things that I really want and whatnot, you know, and, and go from there. And I'm just curious, are there certain Goodwills that run differently where you are? Is it all the same across the board? I, some Goodwills don't have set pricing, I guess. I don't know. We do not have None set pricing. Yeah. Oh, when I went to, when we were in Florida once, I was thrifting and they did, you know, shirts were three ninety nine dollars or whatever. We do not of anything like that here yeah we have very maybe one or two little small like that one um what's that american legion one i don't know i feel like they have like shirts or like five bucks or whatever but Mm. um, yeah like salvation army on their shoe shelf it says 5.99 shoes 7.99 boots but anything even nike even like the cheap kohl's nike is on their expensive rack for like of course it is 
<laughs> yeah, like the only thing you're gonna find on, find on the five ninety nine usually is like some Sonoma flats or something maybe you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Goodwills, they just price everything by brand. I mean, if you're going through a rack of like button ups, most of them will probably be four ninety nine. If it said Nike or Under Armour, they probably marked it up. Mm-hmm. They don't usually mark up the ones that I feel like are good brands. Like yeah. they don't know what brands. So. But if they think it's a good brand, they're going to mark it up. They definitely mark up athletic wear and good brands. Um, but yeah, I yeah. wish that we across the board pricing. That would be great. It would make reselling so much easier if that was the case. There's this newer place that I frequent in, um, in the next state over because I'm in Rhode Island and everything is close, right? Connecticut's not far. Massachusetts is not far. Everything's very close. Um, and they have a sales structure where they have two colors that are on sale and then uh, throughout the week. And then on Sunday, they have like four to five colors that are on sale. But the problem with that is they price everything really high. So their sale makes no sense to me because it doesn't, it, it it's just regular pricing at that point. I'm not actually getting a deal. Um, right. And I think that's like one of the hardest things when it comes to reselling and you learn as you grow as a reseller that, it's sometimes really hard to pick up quality inventory at a price point that makes sense. Like you would mention that you're okay for flipping something for 20 bucks and only making a $10 profit. And I think that business model works great for people, especially when you're running more of a volume store and you're full time and like you need to have that constant flow of, uh, of profit coming in. For someone like me who does this as extra income, mm-hmm. It's hard for me to do that model. It's hard for me to like be okay with that because I spend all of my free time doing reselling. I have very limited free time, but the free time I do have, I'm doing reselling related things, whether it's YouTube, podcast, whatever it is, I'm doing reselling stuff. So I feel like I have to find creative ways to get inventory and spend my money wisely. And it just, I find that it's gotten harder and harder for me over the last year. And I don't know if you guys are finding that, like, are you finding that it's harder for you to acquire inventory that you need at good price points or just get inventory in general? Good price points. Definitely. We have no lack of inventory here though. Like (laughs) I could go into any store and get my hundred items for the weekend, any day of the week. That's fantastic. Uh, So that is nice. Yeah. Like what kind of what you were just saying though, like if I was talking to just somebody that's a part-time reseller or just wants some extra money, like well, I don't know if you sort, do you source your items online for the higher sale I, price? So I do a little, I've started to do more online sourcing, um, but I've found a few consignment stores that I can kind of work with and, and get good pricing. Regardless, my cost of goods sometimes can be 20 to $30, depending on the piece. To sell mm-hmm. for like a hundred plus or something, right. I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the way I think about it is- it kind of the same thing. <laughs> like you might've had to be looking around that nicer store for say an hour to find one mm-hmm. or two pieces whereas I can go through one men's short rack pull out 10 to 20 pairs take them right home list them all in two hours or so so even though I am making less per item the time you know you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's kind of like a trade-off like I'm making less per item but we probably put out about the same amount of time because I'm not yeah. just like sorting around the store only looking for a $50 plus sale price which would in turn make me spend two hours in the thrift store mm-hmm. just yeah. looking for that maybe five items, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of have a feeling that your store kind of gets set into that kind of mode too, though, right? Like <laughs> if we're selling more That's volume, true. they're 
yeah like but if you're if you're selling higher end stuff you're going to be more getting more higher end customers and i, I don't know that would just might be i mean obviously we wish we could that. find 50 dollar items but yeah, yeah but it's always like okay so yeah since we are full-time we do need to make a certain amount obviously of course. to pay our bills and everything so I don't know. Some days I'm like, okay, I want to pass on this item, but I still need to make money and I haven't found anything else yet. So I'll just get this. It's going to sell within a week or two. I'll make $15. That'll pay a bill or whatever, you know? Right. But I think like, that's the, that's a hard, it's a hard decision that you have to make within your business because there's always like that push pull, like, well, I could source for things that would make me more money, but then I don't really know that genre or I don't really understand that side of it. So I need to learn it, which is going to take more time. You know, there's always like that. Cause I, I say all the time, like if I could find everything for a dollar, I would have your model in a heartbeat without question. I would, cause that is to me makes the most sense. You're pumping it out. You're making that money. You're just constantly like, and, and you're guaranteed to make the sale where with some pieces that I sell, it could sit for a year until the right buyer comes along. It's such a, uh, unique luxury piece or whatever it is, right? Like it's just a specific buyer need to buy that where you're selling Prana shorts, a guy's going to come mm-hmm. along or a woman's going to come along and want those Prana shorts. Yeah. It's like a guaranteed sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My stuff isn't really out. guaranteed as much. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I know you said you do like mid tier to luxury. Yeah. I don't even like that category at all. <laughs> like anytime, if I even like found, let's say Burberry or, anything I would be don't like, tell me you're going to leave it well it's not that I would leave it. Well, I, here's an example I like, just get nervous and then I don't yeah. list it because I'm like okay what if it's fake and like I don't want a case or people accusing me of something I right don't know. Kathy did sell a Burberry scarf where did where did you get that how much at our 3.99 so 3.99 for Burberry scarf sold it for like over 200, 200 something yeah and she could not stop thinking about <laughs> it every second until it was like a and then feedback, accepted right? I sold it on posh right. i didn't even list it on ebay because i was so worried that someone was going to claim it was fake at least on posh you know they'll give the buyer money back I'll right nice right right toss yeah. it or whatever but it just like makes me nervous i just don't that's what you're saying you got to learn about it mm-hmm. i don't want to sit there and learn you know yeah. what a tag looks like if it's real or fake and all mm-hmm. that stuff yeah. and, just like if someone's spending hundreds of dollars on your item, it's just so much pressure. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, items, not so much. <laughs> I get nervous about it too. I mean, and I've been, that's kind of where I've niched myself too. But there are times that I'm like, I think, I think this is real. I don't know. I've touched it before, but I don't like, and then there's that constant where, so I sold my highest um, net and grossing sale that I sold myself was an Oscar de la Renta dress that I got in like a liquidation box that I happened to um, get one time. And it was over $500, but it was on Poshmark. And I was so thankful for that because I mean, it looked real. It felt real. I thought it was real, but I still don't know. Sometimes (laughs) it's hard. It's hard. And I like, you get nervous with mid-tier and luxury. I get nervous when it comes to menswear outdoor things like i like the common item i struggle with that sometimes because i focus so much on that you know yeah i mean we like we're horrible when it comes to electronics (laughs) oh yeah me too don't even i have no idea we've sold three remotes for like 15 (laughs) dollars each whatever and they all three got returned so we're like okay we're (laughs) this is a category we're not going to sell in (laughs) yeah yep so (laughs) 
Yeah. Do you, so you it, guys, funny. that's funny you mentioned electronics. So what made you even get into electronics, I guess, that Me. couple of times? Because, I, I because yeah, of you, like Chris, stuff. so it's your fault. My fault. <laughs> I, I take all responsibility. If I bring him to the thrift, he just always goes to the electronics and brings <laughs> stuff home and it either doesn't work or we do sell it and it's a return request. Um, <laughs> this is why I, Chris I, is not the reseller of the group. <laughs> I mean, he, he does find some cool stuff sometimes, but yeah, yeah. like he, then he doesn't want to listen. <laughs> so then I have to like, you know, that's one of those things. I don't know about video games even, or remotes. Yeah. So how am I going to type in the item specifics or the title even? Mm-hmm. So. so I'm and, working on, working on. <laughs> <laughs> the other part of it too, is like, like, this is why eBay scares me sometimes with like electronics and hard goods. Like it's just, I don't want that ding on my account. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I don't. And then what if it's really heavy? Like, what if I just like, this is foolish. Why am I selling this? Like I, I just, the shipping part of it then gets to me too, where I'm like, all right, I got to pay $50 to ship this thing. So it's really heavy and it's going across the country. It's just there's a lot that goes into we it. We actually shipped a huge wicker. I don't know if you've been on Instagram. I just saw it. Yes, that thing is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's so obviously this is just audio. So if you're listening, it's like a wicker elephant, I guess like a side table for your couch or something. Or yeah. Um, Where did you get that? I got it just off local Facebook. So she had a set of two for 85. Um, I haven't sold the other one yet. The other one, the table part is a little bit broken, so I need a photograph that part and then I'll just yeah. do a similar off my other listing but mm-hmm. uh yeah so that one that I sold today sold for 189 plus 60 dollars shipping and it went to New Jersey so it did cost like 55 something to ship out mm-hmm. um but yeah I had already we already had the box ahead of time we measured- I was gonna say what box did you use for this thing <laughs> I feel like a while back one of our viewers sent our dog Reese a bed and it came from like Chewy or something and yeah. it came with this huge box and I was like we're gonna save this box because it's <laughs> gonna be good for something at some point and that I believe was the box that we put that in yeah. um, and it fit perfect Chris just cut it down you know to the height, the height as much as he could just because uh the bigger items like that cost more based on the size of the box not necessarily the weight like that weight it only weighed like 15 pounds total even packed up with packing paper and stuff but a 50 pound package was the same price it was Mm -hmm. it was the size of the box that made it 55 dollars. so yeah I would never even think to pick something like that up to sell I just like I could (laughs) like to sell locally maybe but like on ebay Okay. I don't think you can get those prices on locally. Like, I mean, 189, yeah. even fees, that's probably 150, 160. And if I sold that locally, I'd probably get like 50 and people would that's be true. laughing at me probably being like, why are you asking so much for this? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I know. I saw that yesterday when you guys, um, was it yesterday you guys posted it? I think we just sold it this morning. Yeah. Oh, you so. posted something when you found it. Didn't you post something when you found oh, it on your stories oh, yeah. maybe? I posted that we found, I bought that back in like November. Because yep. I remember oh, that I saw you guys posted again. I was like, oh, look at that, $189. It's crazy. Oh, I did. Yeah, I posted it last two weeks ago is when I listed it, but I bought it back in November, but I procrastinated listing it just because I didn't want to go measure the box. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then it's sitting like- in our living room. Right. But then, but this is like, this is the problem that I have sometimes. It's like, there's these, all these unique things that we can sell. And then you, 
hold on it because of that fear of like, I got to find a box that it fits in and then it's got this flaw and I got to photograph that. And then when it sells really fast, you're like, well, I'm a dope. Why did I sit <laughs> on it for so long? Yeah. But then again, I could have just listed say five, six pairs of shoes. This is very true. In the same amount of time <laughs> and not had to find any weird box because the post office gives us free boxes for that. So but this I, is I, very I'm, true. I'm, the I'm, internal I'm struggles of a reseller. I'm a firm believer that you have to do some fun stuff every once in a while. If it's, yeah. it's fun unless it gets a return. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's Let's scary. hope this doesn't get a return. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, it's true. You have to experiment, and I think that's what keeps it so fun. Is the clothes part and knowing what to pick up. Like that's just routine at this point. You know what's going to sell. You know what you need to get. You know how many pieces you need to get. But like those unique pieces are sometimes I like to look at like plush or toys and like investigate that and and see like oh this vintage plush toy sells on eBay for fifty dollars. Let me pick it up and try to sell it. Kind of thing. I just think. There's no harm in doing that. Why not? Flush at the bins the other day. That's going to probably sell for 60. And it's a new tag, just Douglas Wolf toy plush. It's a large one. It's probably like 24 inches. But yeah, just random. (laughs) Like I don't always go through toys or plush. But at the bins, I usually look through the bin because Build-A-Bears and stuff. Some of those can do pretty well. Yeah, I've noticed that Build-A-Bears can do quite well. Yeah, so one of my largest sales ever was a plush for two fifty, a Slumberkins plush. So, <laughs> wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, I think about like all of the toys my mom still has from when I grew up in the basement. I'm like, I should probably just go through them at this point and see, <laughs> like, what '80s toy I can pull out and list and make some good money on. Well, do you have any uh, old video games? Because that's something <laughs> I do. Yeah, Listen, I cool. have. My entire Sega Genesis, the original, wow. it still works. And I have all the games. Nice. <laughs> and I have my Game Boy, my yellow brick, enormous Game Boy, not Game Boy <laughs> Color, the original. And yeah. I have about 50 games that go with it. The only problem with the Game Boy is the screen is like coming off. I got to like glue it back on and stick it back on there. But that thing still works. I still play it sometimes. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting more into collecting that old stuff. And I think I've... I've settled that I can't resell all these electronics. Oh, yeah. You know. So <laughs> I think gonna- Kathy's like, no, no, you're not. Can I clutter up our house with them? <laughs> yeah, that's another reseller problem, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. there's a fine line between reselling and hoarding. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, I um, so I have a Nintendo Switch that I know is very hard to come by right now. And I thought, because I've always been like into gaming since I was young. My sister's really into it. So by default, I'm into it kind of thing. And um, I thought I was going to play it more than I am. And I think I'm going to list it with all my games and probably regret it afterwards. But I know they're really hard to come by. I'm like, well, this might be a quick, easy, like $200 flip with the case and the games and everything. So... I'm going to try it. I've never sold, no, no lie. I've sold one electronic and it was my Apple computer. 
Um, before I upgraded to the MacBook Pro, I had a 2012 Apple, um, oh my God, MacBook Air, the original MacBook Air from the 2011, 2012. And I think sold on Poshmark, number one, which I was shocked. I listed it on all the platforms, sold on Poshmark, and it sold for $350 because this person really liked that generation of Mac. (laughs) It was crazy. Well, you can always buy your switch back if you sell it whenever the price. I don't know. It's like, do I, I could never part with my Sega. That would never happen. That Sega is staying. Yeah. I will never get rid of that. Um, I never had a Nintendo. That's the one thing I never had growing up was a Nintendo 64. I, no so <laughs> I still don't like video games. Oh. But our kids, the, the Switch is the only one we have out to play right now. And yeah. they like playing it. So the Switch is fun. I like yeah. the Switch. It's a nice little thing. Yeah, I mean, electronics is, I think it's a fun category, but it's just not, it's just not something that I'm comfortable with. So um, out of all the categories that you sell, I'll, I'll point this to you, Kathy. Um, which one, like if you could only pick one to forever sell, what do you think you would pick? Shoes. Mm. They're just so easy to yep. me. I feel like you can list them dirty and they'll still sell like clothes. I feel like I have to get stains out or something or yeah. Um, plus clothes, you have to lint roll and stuff. I just feel like shoes are easy when you're at the thrift store, they have them all set up neatly on the racks and you can just kind of scan them with your eyes and not have to touch out, touch them all, you know, scroll through the racks and stuff. So um, I don't know. And they sell for a good amount. Um, yeah. yes. you know, we have our, we have a free spreadsheet. Um, and when I look at my own dip, data on ours uh, most of my highest sales are in a let me I'm looking at it right now is going to be like a men's and women's shoes so yeah um, I agree sale price so I think shoes like if I had only picked one I would me too shoes all day long I enjoyed them I like listing them I think it's easy it doesn't take long you can clean them if you want you can leave them as is mm-hmm. people always need shoes not everyone needs a dress every day or a skirt or a sweater. You know what I mean? Like everyone needs shoes. That's what I think. And you wear out of your shoes really fast, especially Correct. like athletic shoes. If you're a runner, mm-hmm. a runner going to the gym, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you need them every few months. And most people know what size shoes they need. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. It's there's very, I mean, it's very rare that I get a shoe return on eBay. Very rare. Once in a while I do, but it's usually the clothing that comes back. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's the majority of the returns. Yeah. So you mentioned the spreadsheet. Perfect time. Let's talk about your spreadsheet. You guys created this free spreadsheet. It is on their Instagram. If you go to the link in their bio, it is there. You can click on it. I have it. I downloaded it. I have it. Um, I have used it. So why don't you share with everyone? Why'd you guys create it? How did you create it? Can I go through all that? Well, that was mostly Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris. <laughs> Electronic. Yeah. I know it's not electronic, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of, we had, we use spreadsheets to manage our inventory and just to try to stay organized in our own business here at home. So um, I just, I don't know. I just kind of figured I can make one that can work for other people and maybe give a little bit more information on the stuff you're selling. You know, we were just mostly using it to track our cost of goods sold and, and all yeah. that tax purposes and and then where it's stored in our inventory system so um yeah i just kind of went on google on youtube one day and found out how to make <laughs> dashboard stuff for 
spreadsheets. No big deal. Give you credit because I've had to do it for work and it's the most painful thing to yeah. sit and listen yeah. to. It took him a while to make it for sure. <laughs> yeah, dashboards take a long time. Yeah. And we actually do have an update coming out soon. I've been working on it. It's going to have uh, some little um, quality of life improvements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Just feedback from people that yeah. have downloaded it. You know, we made it basically basically on how we use it and yeah. then people are like okay we had this and that this. and we're like yeah we yeah. can add that so and so, it's so nice that you offer it free to the community too because especially someone who's just kind of diving into it all they may not yeah, be comfortable it, with creating something on their own and to have something free to be able to like kind of get into the groove and and see what things they should be looking for it's yeah. just great yeah that's it's been great i think i think we've had over what 10,000 downloads wow blows my mind it does. that's, that's um, crazy i know it really we've had a ton of support people who have offered to pay and have paid in addition because it is free but you know that i i did say that any support is welcome of course <laughs> and the community has been awesome definitely have supported us um with that and yeah with the update coming out um I'll have a video with it coming out, how to use it. I think the, one of the things I didn't have at the very beginning was a a good, like a, how, how to do it kind of like, yeah, what's the process? Cause a lot of the stuff is very easy for us now that we've been doing this for years and new resellers. It's hard to think. I mean, I don't know anything about spreadsheets. So like, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have known what to do with it if I just downloaded it. You know, if yeah. he's not here telling me how to do it every yeah, day. Exactly. Now I know just because I've done it every day. But the first yeah. day I'm like, wait, what do I gotta do with Excel? Yeah. What do I do in Excel? Explain to me. Excel yeah, is I, so basic but so complicated all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I before we end out, I want to talk about your YouTube. Um because you guys are great at your YouTube and you're almost at 20,000. So if you're listening to this, make sure you go to their YouTube page. I'm going to link everything down in the description. Make sure you follow, follow them on there. Watch their content. They go live weekly, once a week, Friday, yeah. Saturday. What night is it? Thursday, Thursday, eight, Thursday. No. it's one of the nights. Everything blends together. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I go on, I watch them when I came, remember I'm, I'm in bed. I'm like, Oh, they're live. Okay. I'm going to go in <laughs> and I, and I watch and it's just, it's just fun to just hang out with other resellers. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've loved about the reselling community is how often people go live because I watch other YouTubers in different communities. Like I watch a lot of, um, uh, beauty YouTubers or law tubers. I love watching the lawyers on YouTube. I think they're fascinating and they go live. That's how they interact with the community. They go live all the time. And I love that the reselling community does it too, because it's such a great way to interact with everyone and get to know yeah. different people in the community. Some people aren't on Instagram. They're only mm-hmm. on YouTube or vice versa. And I just think it's so fun to build that, I don't know, friendship. It's really a friendship. Yeah. Agree. 100%. Yeah. It's been a, been a lot of fun and yeah, we're going to keep going live for the time being, yeah. I guess. <laughs> we like putting on lives as well whenever we're just playing in, put it on. That was one of the, the the hardest things when we weren't doing any YouTube or anything was you're at home alone mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love my wife, Kathy, but sometimes <laughs> we need a little break. Somebody else, right? Like, yeah. and, you know, I, I've always been in like, jobs where I'm the youngest guy and I'm with mm. you know, these 60, 70 year old men just working. Yeah. And, I feel that. Yeah. 
um and it was just it was different so and so now just we're on youtube we have a lot of friends we're always interacting with people and it's just crazy that like everyone that we used to like watch their channel be like oh my gosh yeah we love kevin we love jenna we now love you're that person spoken to them at yeah, some point now, in our life yeah. you know or yeah we pop into their whatnot lives now that's the big thing i know now. that's the big thing now we're not Are you guys gonna get on whatnot <laughs> other than to buy stuff so far but i don't yeah. know we've still been throwing yeah. around the idea of this, this summer our resources have been spread too thin <laughs> i think so we're trying to like use the summer to catch gather up. ourselves catch up and then once the kids go back to school you know we'll go back to more videos because we've we've kind of pulled back a lot of our content <laughs> yeah yeah because want to just yeah we right feel behind and like all of our goals we set back in january we realize we're not mm -hmm. we haven't even worked towards them at all not that we haven't achieved yeah. them mm -hmm. um we haven't even started trying to do them so mm -hmm. yeah just kind of reevaluating our lives but yeah not trying to <laughs> yeah. quit you obviously no no but sometimes something has to take a back seat and i feel like even for me it's typically youtube because while yes you can create income from it it is fun it is a creative outlet the main thing that provides you money is the reselling and yeah. that part of it. So it's like, sometimes you have to refocus and, and what makes the most sense for right now where you are, what, what is it that you need and how are you going to get there? Um, it's hard though, because you want to do it all. I find myself in that trap all the time too. Like I want to do it, but yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I start putting my labels. Like I used to for what's sold still, you know, I sit here <laughs> at the computer, print my labels. I save them here usually till the what's sold. But then I'm like, wait, we don't have to do what's sold. I guess I could just go pull my stuff right now. And pack it up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and our kid, as our kids are getting older, they're having more and more activities. Like we take Taekwondo right. classes every three times a week. So yeah. like, we just don't have, like we, we did all this so that we could spend our lives at home <laughs> with our kids. Correct. And we're trying to, yeah, we're just trying to make sure we're not missing that. Yeah, we're only working when they're either at school or somewhere. Yeah. Right. So you're yeah, actually spending the time with them like you wanted to do. What the whole plan was, was to spend the time the with them. Like, yeah, we could go to a real job and make more money, but yeah. that's not yeah. the point of having a happy life. <laughs> yes, it's so true. My My goal one day is to be in your situation and not have to, you know, go to my... Yeah. eight to four in state government every day yeah well, like we, you we said to not have a, a very good career before we started yeah. reselling so it was a lot easier for us yeah it's it's Everything. tough you know those are definitely things that um you have to consider when you want to make that jump and you know trying to put all those things in place yeah. coming from someone who works in in you know a government setting there's a lot of things i'd give up yeah you know forget the pay the pay i mean that's minimal and the right. benefits the 401 you know like all of those things um that you don't have when you're your own boss but you have the freedom and the choice to do what you want to do every day yeah. and watch your children grow up and and be able to be with them during these pivotal moments in their lives so i get that yeah. you guys are doing great i've loved watching your journey I love sitting down and talking to you guys and getting to know you guys on more on a personal level and having a one-on-one. This is great. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. Yeah. yeah thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us on. Of course. And everyone who's listening, all of their stuff will be linked down below in the show notes. Make sure you check them out. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on YouTube. 
just go follow, do all the things, do all the things for them so they can reach that next milestone and their YouTube channel. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode and we'll talk to you guys then. Bye everyone.